Christ Church, New Malden, Sunday the 7th of August 2022, 9.30 service. Becky Berry speaking on Why I Am a Christian. Hello, I'm Becky and I've been coming to the 9.30 service here at Christ Church regularly for about 12 years now. I have a husband, Steve, and three children called Izzy, Eddie and Louie. And here is a picture of us all together. The surface value answer of why I am a Christian would be I've always been a Christian. I grew up in a Christian family quite far away from here on a farm in the Isle of Man. Here are some photos of when I was younger. There's even one of me feeding a lamb with my mum just to show you authentic farm life. We lived a, sim a simple, peaceful life, and here you can see photos of our farmhouse and garden. It could be isolating and lonely at times, but I have a lot of happy memories. One of the happiest times was when my mum, brother and dad would sit down in our front room and we would sing worship songs with my mum playing the guitar. Music was a very big part of how we worshipped as a family. I admired my mum and dad's faith. My mum talked about Jesus as a friend and companion who would always be there for her. Dad's faith gave him a lot of peace and gave him a sense of calm in many different situations. Both my parents were brilliant at immersing me into a Christian life where God was at the forefront of everything we did and there was nothing too big or small he could help us with. In those early years, they helped me to understand that God created me, loved me, and wanted the best for me, and that no matter what happened in life, I would have a friend in Jesus. Hence the last song we'll be singing today. My parents had talked about giving my heart to Jesus from a very young age. I remember clearly doing that when I was about six years old. But what did that mean? At that age, it meant loving God with my whole heart and committing to spending my life walking in his ways. But at six, I had no real understanding of how hard and confusing life could be at times. I had no idea about what it looked like to have faith through adversity, through heartbreak, and through the darkest of times. The first challenge was fast approaching when my mum made a very difficult decision to move us over to England and leave the Isle of Man behind. She was concerned about how isolating our life could be and was worried about the impact it would have on the development of my brother and I. Here are a few photos of us. We were already very shy and found mixing with people difficult at times. The complete opposite of how either of us are now, thankfully. So it was a very good decision, but a huge transition for us. We moved from our farmhouse in the Manx countryside into my uncle's flat in Wimbledon. It was all very exciting, but definitely daunting at times too. Although we made the move together as a family, my parents made the decision to divorce a few years later. It was a very amicable divorce that was handled so well with my brother and I at the forefront of all the decisions that were made. My parents were and still remain very good friends, which helped tremendously. But my fairy tale idea of marriage was starting to crumble. 
Even marriages built on love and faith can break down. I questioned why that happens. Although I was only a child, I was aware of many different Christian viewpoints of divorce. And at this young age, I had my first experience of having to make up my own mind. Although I was presented with this challenge, this is where my faith first started to deepen. Through questions, discussions and guidance, I worked out where I stood on the matter. I also realised being a Christian wasn't just about following God because it was the right thing to do. Being a Christian is about having a special friendship with God so that I could turn to him when I wasn't sure what the answer was. God was really active through the whole divorce process and looking back I can see how much that helped everyone involved. When my stepdad came into the picture, whom I call Papa, he slotted in well, always being respectful of the relationship I had with my dad. It was not always plain sailing, especially in the teenage years, but he took the time to get to know me and respect for him quickly grew into love. This is why I asked both my dad and Papa to walk me down the aisle at my wedding, which can be seen here. Our family expanded further when my sister Rachel was born and then followed by my brother Daniel three years later. You can see us all together in the other photo. Many would refer to siblings from one non-biological parent as a half-brother and sister. But there was no reduction in my love or connection to my brother and sister. They were my siblings and we were one family unit. You can see some more photos of us there. As I grew up, other things followed. I struggled with friendships during my last few years at primary school. I think the problem stemmed from my lack of confidence, my sensitivity, and not really knowing myself, which then made it hard for me to know how to connect to others. It was also challenging joining a school partway through the academic year. My family supported me a lot through this time, but another thing was also lacking. I hadn't really found a church to settle in with a Sunday school or youth group where I felt I belonged. Probably because of the same difficulties I had with connecting with people. I always seemed to feel like an outsider amongst tight-knit groups of children that seemed like they'd known each other for ages. I very much missed that Christian fellowship with people my own age where I could feel loved and accepted. I tried many at different churches but I never really found what I was looking for. It was a hole that I never really managed to fill until I was an adult, and I'll speak a little later about that. I moved to secondary schools, which helped the friendship problems, as we were all starting from the same point, and many were looking to make new friendships. I made a new, very close group of friends. But then the teenage years came. 13 was very hard. Transitioning to being an adult, but not quite there yet. I had some big realisations. People I had looked up to and thought of as role models with great faith disappointed me. These were adults who were supposed to know what they were doing, unlike children still finding their way. Why did they behave like this? It didn't make sense. I wanted to go back to my childhood innocence. Having and holding on to faith seemed easier. Singing and being with my family, I just wanted to stay in that state of happiness always. 
I found myself slipping into a deep depression, not wanting to go to school, crying a lot. My attendance became very low as I often didn't want to leave my bed. Everything got on top of me and I wasn't sure how I could get myself out of that dark, deep pit. It was through amazing support of counsellors, teachers and my parents, by which I mean mum, dad and papa, that I got through that. When life has got hard, I've dug deep and although my faith has been tested, it has also been strengthened. That's when I would say I really fully gave my heart to God and really started to trust him. I discovered the power of prayer and I would pray a lot, sometimes just pouring out all the pain and asking all of my questions. Through many hours of praying and time spent in therapy, I began to find peace and a way of processing my emotions. When I look back, I realise what I was really trying to grapple with was that all people, even Christians who can seem to be perfect, are flawed and therefore sin. But I also think I realised on a deeper, deeper level the power of Jesus' sacrifice and how because of him we can still, despite sinning, have a strong connection to God. Unfortunately though, it wasn't my only bout of depression. The teenage years came and went, and then it came to becoming a real adult. I graduated as a teacher, got my first job, and moved out of my home, renting a flat, and got engaged to my now husband, Steve, in our favorite place, Disney World in Florida. Here is a photo of us with Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> Meeting Steve was like a breath of fresh air after not having the best experiences previously when it came to love. He was everything I had ever wanted in a man, and the best characteristic was his openness in wanting to settle down and start a family. Our priorities were aligned. These were all very grown up and lovely things, but they were all big transitions. With my mind trying to process all these different things, I started to really struggle. I wasn't being efficient at work, I was irritable with my then fiancé Steve, and I wasn't staying on top of all the everyday things that needed doing in life. Again, I found myself sinking into a deep depression. I felt like a failure at work, I wasn't able to cope with the workload that comes with teaching, and I started to feel like it was the wrong career path for me. My relationship with Steve really suffered. At this stage, I was really resistant to admitting that I needed help, and the depression had become a big weight for our relationship to carry. This led to us putting a pause on our wedding and our relationship. I had to get help. I found asking for help harder this time, <clears throat> as if now, being an adult, I should be able to cope somehow. The other big challenge for me was that this time I felt I needed more than just therapy. I needed medication too. Therapy felt relatively easy to me, as I'd always liked talking about my feelings. I still do. Taking medication was harder, as I felt like I was relinquishing control. It also felt like, as a Christian, I shouldn't need to take medication when I had my faith. This is where Carolyn Lucas, a former curate here, helped immensely. 
She helped me to see that God can work through medication, and by taking it, I wasn't trusting in God less or admitting he was less powerful. Carolyn helped me a lot at this time, actually. She met with me on a regular basis, often for coffee in different places, and prayed with me. I really believe God showed his love to me through Carolyn. The mixture of therapy and medication helped a lot, and I slowly felt better. Steve and I started dating again and spent the time getting to know each other to build back our relationship <clears throat> before recommitting to our engagement and set a date for our wedding. We got married here at Christchurch and it was the perfect day. Carolyn also was the one who performed the service, which was very meaningful. You can see some photos from the happy day and Carolyn there taking the service. It was such a hard time, but I can see now in hindsight how much God was at work. I had slipped away a little too and was not putting my trust in God or making my relationship with him a priority. This was when I realised I needed to commit to coming to church regularly and put down roots in a church. So although I had been coming to Christchurch for a while at this point, this is when I decided I wanted this to be the church I and hopefully my family would grow in, and I was right. I finally felt like I belonged to a community where I mattered and could be supported. It also helped that everyone was so friendly and easy to talk to. It really ticked every box. Although I had challenges with teaching and had other jobs in education, teaching always found a way of pulling me back. I really loved working with children and being a part of their progress. When working with small children, I often thought about having my own children, what they would be like and what kind of mother I would be. I had yearned to be a mother from a young age and had a strong maternal instinct. I very much looked forward to the day when I would have my own children to teach, nurture and guide. That day came when I gave birth to my beautiful daughter Izzy who was followed two years later by Eddie, and then just under three years later by Louis. Here they all are. After going through the two bouts of depression, I was ready for the transition to motherhood to really trigger me, as it's such a huge change. But I was also now very aware of what my first signs of struggle were, and strategies to help me cope. Although motherhood came with many challenges, such as the lack of sleep, the overwhelming sense of responsibility, difficulty with body image, and a big shift in priorities. I really felt I blossomed into a person I had always wanted to be. It was, and has been, one of the most positive transitions in my life. I have had many really hard days where it all got on top of me. I still do. But the joy that my children bring me definitely outweigh the hardships. I saw how amazing God's creation was through giving birth to my children. I was in absolute awe that I had been a part of the process. I remember vividly the first cuddle and kisses I had with each of my babies. Holding them in my arms, I really understood the verses from Psalm 139 that say, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I'll let you into a little secret. 
I think I'm a bit addicted to having children. <laughs> if I had the means and the space, I think I could be one of these people that could have lots and lots of children. I've talked about periods of darkness in my life, but motherhood has definitely been a period of light. In the midst of many happy times, many parents here will be able to relate to the worry that comes part and parcel of being a parent. But each time I've had to face a worrying situation with my children, something my mum would say to me would ring in my ears. When it all just seems too much to bear, give it to God. Although this could be a really difficult thing to do sometimes, it was something that has brought me an immense amount of peace. This was really tested when my youngest son, Louis, was born six weeks early. It was very unexpected when I went into labour naturally, without any obvious reason and incredibly worrying. I remember Steve and I listening intently to a doctor who told us in very factual terms that there was no way she could know if our baby would be okay when he was born, whether he would be able to breathe on his own, or even whether he would survive. Then she started stating all kinds of facts and figures. But I remember clearly the exact moment when I feel I gave it to God, when I just said to myself, I have to put the worry to one side and just get on with giving birth to my baby. It also helped that not long after this, my mum came through the hospital door with a big smile on her face, not a worrying look, just a peaceful, calm smile. God definitely worked through my mum to give me that sense of peace, and in that, in that moment, I felt deep down everything was going to be okay. Just half an hour later, Louis flew into the world, almost quite literally, crying loudly and breathing on his own. The relief was incredible. He was strong and healthy and perfect. Here's a photo of him not long after he was born. Although it was such a terrifying experience initially, it was also a really special birth and the one where I felt most connected to God. The months that followed after Louis's birth were not all plain sailing though. We had a really difficult time trying to get Louis to put on weight. At three months, he was still so tiny then at the peak of what seemed like constant hurdles, Louis was admitted to hospital with a nasty cough, which turned out to be bronchiolitis. At first, I thought it would be a similar experience to his brother and sister when they had it. Perhaps a few nebulizers, an overnight stay, and then back home. But once we approached the first night, things escalated fast, with a move to higher dependency care, and soon there was mention of us needing to be prepared that he may need to be moved to a different hospital and intensive care unit if his condition did not improve. Thankfully, it did improve, but the improvements were very small and very, very slow. Steve and I shared the staying at hospital, but I remember feeling so torn, desperately missing Izzy and Eddie, but then when I had a night with them, longing to be back with Louis and worrying about him constantly, this was such a challenging time for Steve and I, and at times it could feel very disheartening. But we kept going through the support of our family, our friends, my home group and wider church community. The outpouring of love, 
of hospital visits and food just sustained us. After 10 days, but it felt like a month, we were out. God had given me a real sign of hope too, as on the very last day of hospital, Louis started smiling. On the left is a photo of him in hospital, and the other is him now. I spoke a little earlier about wanting to lay roots at Christchurch. It was during one week when I was listening to another member of the congregation talk about a home group that I realised how much I wanted to belong to one. I was trying to process my feelings around two members of my family, both passing away in really tragic circumstances. Although I was coping and getting support with it, I knew I needed something more. A conversation with Stephen was a real turning point for me. After initially meeting with him and opening up about my reasons for wanting to join a group and the difficulties I was facing at the time, he placed me in one. And it was just amazing to feel that sense of belonging, something I had longed for since I was a child. I could open up and share really personal things, then feel supported and cared for by everyone in the group. It has evolved a little since that time, but the people in my group have been and continue to be a huge support to me. We all have young children and it is wonderful to see their friendships too and to feel that as they grow and have questions and challenges of their own, they will have each other to turn to for support. All the things I longed for as a child, I feel like my children now have and will continue to. It brings me so much joy I am deeply thankful for Stephen for helping to fill a big hole in my life. Many here at Christchurch will know that two years ago, at the beginning of the pandemic, my youngest brother Daniel passed away from COVID. Let me speak to you a little bit about Daniel. Here are some photos of him. He was a very special boy. He had cerebral palsy due to complications during his birth, which meant that both him and my mum nearly died. Daniel was deprived of oxygen for five minutes. His birth was obviously traumatic, but he was a miracle. God was with him and my mum through his birth and continued to work through Daniel as he got older. He proved many doctors wrong when they just wanted to state facts and statistics. I have learnt through my experiences that God is way more powerful than any fact or statistic, and Daniel proved that too. He travelled to many countries, went to school, smiled, laughed, and showed affection to many people. All the things that doctors said he would never be able to do. They said his life expectancy would be around seven years, but he lived to 17 and achieved so much. He was a living testimony of God's power and how someone who had a disability could still feel and show God's love. So when Daniel passed away, it shook us all very much. What made it harder was we were all social distancing so our grief also had to be shared at a distance too. It was unthinkable that as such a close family, we couldn't embrace one another or cry on each other's shoulders. 
You would think that at a time like this, my faith would have been really shaken. But actually, it was strengthened. When I look back to that time, it was painful, but I had to rely on God. There was just no other way to cope with it. But in the midst of this hardship, the Holy Spirit absolutely was connecting us all and helped us to feel comfort from one another when it was impossible to do this in person. God was also at work through my home group. Many members of this church, many friends, and both Carolyn and Stephen, who counselled me a lot when the grief seemed too hard to bear. Through their prayers and Christian encouragement over the phone, I was always left smiling and feeling a bit more at peace. My house looked like a florist. Here are some of the many flowers I got. I had so many flowers, chocolates, cakes, gifts for the children, which you can see in the other photo. Cards and letters dropped at my doorstep or posted. People were finding so many ways to show that they loved and cared for me. Nothing could completely take away the pain I was feeling, but it certainly took the sting off and gave me a hope that it wouldn't always feel this painful. Even in the darkest of circumstances, there can still be light. I have to, of course, mention my husband, Steve, as he wasn't socially distancing from me, which meant he had to give me all the hugs, wipe away all the tears, and sometimes put up with the cross outbursts when the grief came tumbling out. Even though I knew God was with me, I also knew I had to feel this pain to process it and come to terms with it. So I come back to the question, why am I a Christian? And I want to refer to this verse. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I am not a Christian because I've had an easy life. I am not a Christian because I think I have been protected from suffering. I am a Christian because through the difficult, painful situations in my life, God has made me the person that I am today. He has restored me when I have felt broken. He has confirmed my faith in him after bringing me through the tough times. He has strengthened me as a person to face the challenges in life. And he has established me as the person who stands before you today. It would be easy to just leave it there. I have spoken to you about how God has worked in my life and supported me through tough times. But I have learnt that being a Christian isn't just about my journey and my relationship with God. It's about how that journey can help me to show God's love to others. After writing this talk, I realised there was a common theme running through it. It's connection. Connection to other people is so important, and it's through this that my faith has been deepened. With faith, anything is possible, even the hardest situations and experiences. I believe the things I've experienced in my life have given me the empathy to be able to relate to many people. People who feel on the outskirts, who find it hard to fit in, people who are in pain and feel broken, people who are worried that God couldn't possibly love them. I believe I can show God's love to these people so that they can have the most important connection of all, a connection to God, even the biggest struggles in life have a purpose, and God has shown me mine. That is why I am a Christian. <laughs>